that is corruption. I continue to think we have to make fundamental changes in civil rights. We rescind every damn thing on this issue that Trump has done. This week, after you watch the Democratic debates, check out the newest debates from America's largest third party, featuring four candidates seeking the presidency in one conversation. It's the 2020 Libertarian Presidential Debate, presented by Politics Weekly, coming this Friday on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, and other platforms, and coming Saturday to the Election HQ channel on YouTube. You're listening to Politics Weekly. To uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency. One of them is uh, joining me today. We can survive all those systems. What's going to happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. <laughs> anyway, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> well, uh, so so uh, right now you're running for the uh, the Libertarian nomination uh, for the presidency. Uh, why do you want to be president? wish to be president, I never will be the president of America. Um, in this current time stream, mind you, of course, there's a myriad number of other time streams, uh, which I am already the president, and I'm doing a, a super stable, uh, genius job, for sure, um, where my Twitter feed is, is super dominant, and uh, I'm saying ridiculous things 24-7, and uh, it's pretty, everybody has their pony, and... Uh, Secret dental police have set up their checkpoints, and the zombie power fuels the nation. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's all right here in uh, this new book that I wrote, because, of course, you, you cannot be president or run for president of America unless you have uh, written a book entitled Blueprint for a New America. And uh, this is indeed um, my entry into that genre. I pony Blueprint for a New America. It's a story uh, about the future a future long after a vermin supreme presidency, after everybody has received their pony, after zombie power fuels the nation, after time travel research uh, is used uh, regularly for um, uh, purposes of foreign policy, and uh, of course the secret dental police have set up checkpoints every couple hundred yards or so. It is essentially a warning to you, the people of their past, from the future that Vermin Supreme is a madman and must be stopped. Thank you. It's available at Trader Bookstores nowhere, uh, but it is available on the internet at iponybook.com. So read all about it. Uh, any questions that you ask me here today, they will be answered in this book. Thank you. All right. Uh, so what keeps you up at night the most? Uh, my wife. <laughs> What drives you the most as a uh, as a politician? My car. Uh, 
what would you say is the number one? Uh, what what is your the number one uh, issue uh, that uh, that you that you seek to accomplish uh, as president? Well, that's obviously a very softball question, and thank you for throwing it at me in such a underhanded fashion. Um, it is, of course, the lack of free ponies in America today. Ha, ha. Mic drop. Show over. Thank you. Next <laughs> caller, please. Is the caller there? <laughs> okay. uh, so uh, many yes, people. Call, yes, caller. You have a question. Where, where are you from, caller? <laughs> uh, so many people uh, are asking. Uh, how do you plan to uh, round up all the ponies to give to people? Who's asking? That, that sounds like some sort of rhetorical or journalistic device. Many people. Are you sure, or are you just using that as? Premise to ask me your own question. Anyways, uh, do you okay. believe? Sorry, where were we? Uh, anyways, so uh, you you have talked about how uh, you think that uh, there should be a law uh, requiring everyone uh, to brush uh, their teeth. Do you have confidence that you can get bipartisan support for this uh, very uh, important bill? Tri-partisan support or quad-partisan support, depending on the circumstances. But yes, I do believe that we will be able to finish and fix America's dental health crisis. I am prepared to declare a national dental emergency to build a dental wall if necessary. Would you get uh, Spain to build the wall? Yes, I would. Interesting. Uh, so the next. Uh, I'm the only candidate who is willing to uh, build a concrete dome over the uh, entire country of America uh, to keep us safe uh, from the alien uh, invasion. Now, uh, one of the things uh, that people uh, have been talking about, obviously, but well, one one of the things that uh, you were involved in was there was a protest uh, when Hillary Clinton was releasing her book, uh, "What Happened," and you protested her. Anti pony. Uh, what happened? Was that the question, sir? What happened? Well, clearly she was misattributing uh, my free pony for all American platform that I've been promoting uh, any number of years now. I think I can clearly claim uh, the fact that I entered it into the American lexicon. Um, and she was flat out uh, misattributing it to Mr. Uh, Brody Sanders, if you will. Um, and. Um, a little too much for me to take. It was a, a slap in the face. It was an affront. It was an offense. Uh, it was uh, obnoxious. I just could not sit down and stand up and, and, and take that. Uh, it, lying down uh, or standing up, if you will. And uh, so I felt it was my duty as a patriotic American to set the record straight uh, before she could completely bamboozle the American public once again about why she lost the election. What happened? Vermin Supreme happened. Let's face it, people. If it weren't for me, she might be president today. Thank you, I'm Vermin Supreme. But anyway, um, she was having this book signing up in uh, the state of Concord, uh, New Hampshire, and I realized that that was be a perfect opportunity uh, to demonstrate uh, against her uh, anti-pony stance. Uh, obviously, she's a pony hater, and all pony haters must be taken uh, into account and must be held accountable. 
So, yes, I lined up a pony or two uh, to attend this pro test. Uh, we let the Manchester uh, uh, PD uh, know that we were indeed bringing a pony, and if there was any special uh, circumstances under which uh, we might need a, a pony permit, perhaps. Um, and this was after the, we were bounced there by the public health uh, department, I believe, and they simply said that they, uh, I was certainly welcome to uh, have a pony in that location, but not at that time. Uh, it became very clear uh, that this was a uh, more than a, a reasonable time place restriction. They were actually attempting to silence my uh, gosh darn given uh, American First Amendment freedom of speech, this, uh, the freedom to uh, use a pony to make a point. And uh, so, as it turned out, uh, we went forward and I had to actually sue or uh, file a lawsuit against the city of Concord, uh, the city of Concord Police Department at uh, all um, to allow a pony to let them know that uh, this would not be would not stand and uh, I would recommend to any of your viewers that uh, they search down the uh, document of the actual federal lawsuit uh, that my attorney uh, Mark Randazza and his team put out and it's uh, it's very humorous uh, stuff uh, that they pointed out for fact uh, that nowhere in American history uh, had any uh, pony attacked any uh, living politician, uh, for example, and, and, and this, so this was all uh, in the official court uh, record, and I uh, ultimately, uh, I did not win, but they, they uh, gave up, they surrendered, they settled, if you will, and they offered me a parking spot. Um, I did, of course, have to pay for the uh, federal lawsuit, I did end up having to pay uh, some stupid, ridiculous pony permit uh, parking fees. Uh, but nonetheless, I was allowed to buy my uh, free speech and uh, ability to have a pony uh, at the Hillary Clinton book signing event. Um, much to the chagrin of many of the Hillary Clinton supporters who somehow failed to see the humor in um, the free pony for all Americans platform. And uh, it was very interesting in that it was purely uh, a pony-based protest, if you will. I mean, we had the pony, we were singing about ponies, we were having fun with ponies, and granted, I was reading a little bit of uh, pony erotica from my book, uh, I Pony Blueprint for New America. Let's see if we can find that little uh, illustration uh, with the pony erotica, just to give your viewers a little titillation. Uh, but once again, I, I wasn't showing that uh, to the uh, to the viewers, but I was reading from it, and it does get a little hot and heavy, and... Uh, but it's tastefully done. It's uh, it, because it is between a uh, a loving man and his wife and uh, um, his green pony. Um, so I, it's very tastefully done, and I, I believe it's well within the bounds of uh, this side of the obscenity laws. However, uh, some of the Clinton supporters uh, they did not appreciate it, uh, and that's that's just sad, quite frankly. Uh, Hillary did eventually come out. Uh, she did eventually uh, see the pony, and uh, and I told her that I had named my uh, pony Hillary, and uh, and we tried to uh, get the pony to her, but the you know the Secret Service and police prevented that from happening. It, it was a little bit anticlimactic, quite frankly. But on the other hand, it was very successful uh, because uh, I was able to uh, prevail. I was able to bring forth a crowd of, uh, you know, we probably had 30, 40 uh, or more uh, citizens who came out to fight for their right to pony, as the Beastie Boys so uh, rousingly sang for us.
believe that that book should be indicted, uh, inducted into the Library of Congress? Uh, into the uh, Library of Pony Congress, for sure. Uh, in, in fact, I believe it is. Uh, it's got one of the, uh, you know, one of those numbers here. Uh, the, uh, one of those uh, Library of Congress numbers, right? All, all books get them. Uh, probably on the spine. Don't know where my peepers are. Oh, there they are. Um, so yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, my uh, I believe that my 2008 uh, website has been uh, included in the Library of Congress under their political uh, digital library. Uh, so yes, uh, my. My legend is secured. Yeah, so let's see here. Yeah, there it is. There's our, the ISBN uh, number. If you want to hear the ISBN uh, number, it's uh, dash 13 colon 978-0-9978520-8-0. So if, uh, if your uh, listeners or viewers are uh, want to order this book and they don't want to uh, type in my name or, or the name of the book, or the uh, or use the name of the uh, publisher. You could always use the ISBN number dash thirteen colon nine seven eight dash zero dash nine nine seven zero five two zero dash eight dash zero. Although I think it would be a lot easier just to go to Optimistic Books or iPonyBook.com or iPonyTheBook.com or VermintSupreme.com, which also uh, and, of course, the exciting new website that is probably live or going live or is going to be live by the time you see this, uh, VermintSupreme2020.com. It's new. It's exciting. It's a reboot. Uh, more stuff to look at. And uh, once again, how this deranged hobo made it all the way into the White House was still not completely understood. Back. Thank you. I'm Vermin Supreme. And I'd like to welcome you once again to uh, Politics Weekly, the show where we talk to uh, somebody who's political for some reason and find out a little bit about why the hell they're so foolish to get involved in politics in the first place. Um, is the caller there? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, yes, caller. Uh, wh wh what is your name and where are you from? Uh, my name is uh, Nolan Cleary and I'm from Politics Weekly. Nice. Uh, well, thank you for, for calling. Uh, are you a long-time listener? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that I've been here since uh, episode one. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I, and you've been enjoying the show. Oh, yes, very much. I think it's one of my favorite podcasts, if not my favorite. Cool. What's your favorite uh, segment that we do? Uh, well, I, 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 I like them all, but i got to say the host is pretty great. The host, thank you. You're very kind. Uh, anyways, I wanted to ask you uh, about uh, your opinions on Boris Johnson being uh, the new Prime Minister uh, of the United Kingdom. Boris Johnson? I thought he was the... Uh, wasn't he the... Uh... Prime Minister of Russia back in the day? Maybe. Or, or I'm thinking of Boris Yeltsin. I'm sorry. But isn't Yeltsin Russian for Johnson? Maybe. And is there any relation to Gary Johnson by any chance? Do you know? I don't know. Do you think Gary Johnson is colluding with the Russians? Well, I think we just proved that uh, wild conspiracy by grabbing random words out of the air. Oh, um, wow. Gary Johnson and Boris Yeltsin. Yeltsin being Russian for uh, Johnson and, uh, and Gary Johnson being somehow related to Boris Yeltsin or Johnson or both. I've never seen them together in the same room at the same time. And I think that says a lot right there. Am I right, people? Gay folks! Thank you. What were your thoughts on the governor of Puerto Rico uh, resigning this week, Mr. Host? 
I think resignations are, are a fine thing and find yourself in a ton of hot water. Oh yeah, you can say you'll step down you can, in the next election or you can say a lot of things, but when the heat is turned up so hot, um, sometimes you just gotta get out. <laughs> Trump, <laughs> Trump, <laughs> Trump, <laughs> So we'll see how hot things get, you know. It's just a fact of politics. Things get hot enough, yeah, you're gonna get the fuck there, you know what I'm saying? Um, my internet connection is unstable, and that is not surprising. Thank you, I'm going to A very stable genius. Yes, yeah, so the world's foremost um, expert on ponynomics and a pony-based economy. The, the pony-based economy is the future of America. And um, what more can I tell you? I mean, the important thing to realize is, of course, once we have established universal pony ownership, uh, we will have equity in the ponies that we own. Now, once we have equity in the ponies that we now own, because we've all been distributed free government ponies, um, well, then we can borrow against that equity. And so we are establishing credit based on the equity of our ponies, because we own the ponies, and so we have equity in it, and so therefore we can borrow against it, and we're creating uh, credit uh, with this magically out of thin air by simply owning it and borrowing against it. And uh, once we have created, uh, legitimized, and uh, put the concept of a pony-based debt out there, then, of course, we can bring in all the theoreticians, a.k.a. Uh, new fiscal policy whiz kids, uh, who can create, once again, out of thin air, these imaginary concepts, such as uh, AAA pony junk bonds, and, uh, you know, things like that. And so once we've established uh, this pony-based uh, debt, and we, we, we're, we're selling it, and essentially it, it becomes a pony-based debt economy, if you will, because many economies are based on debt. The American economy right now is, is predicated on the fact that we owe trillions and trillions of debt, and uh, companies buy and sell debt all the time. So keep, keep keeping that in mind, once we've established this amazing bubble, a pony-based debt bubble in the economy, um, Boom, like, uh, you know, I mean, the bubbles are great because that ultimately means that all uh, cylinders are firing. I mean, everybody's making money hand over fist, and the economy is just, like, booming. Uh, so the thing to understand about this particular pony-based debt bubble that I plan on creating uh, is, in fact, steel-belted and reinforced and will last forever. So that is the basic thing you need to take away when we are discussing Ponynomics 101. Thank you, I'm Vermin Supreme. What were your thoughts on the Mueller testimony this week? Um, I, I believe it became uh, pretty clear that if it wasn't for the uh, Russian involvement in the 2016 election that I would certainly be the city president today. Um, as you're well aware, the, uh, there has been a slight uh, tear in the time-space continuum. I have very smart scientists working on this very problem uh, day and night in the past, in the future, and the present. And uh, I believe, I feel confident that their uh, efforts will be successful and that we will return to a Bourbon Supreme Presidency any time now. Any time now. I seem to have missed. Oh, thank you. Any time now, we may be returning to a Vermin Supreme Presidency. So, uh, uh, your, your pony will arrive shortly uh, in that time stream. Uh, if you have not received your pony just yet, uh, you may want to check with your postal carrier 
um, because we don't want your pony lost in the mail and somehow ending up in the uh, t the dead pony uh, letter office because it's a frightening and horrible place. What are your thoughts on uh, Trump's uh, efforts to try and bail uh, the rapper ASAP Rocky out of European uh, prison? I guess. Is that a real thing? Yes. Okay. Thank you. It's a, it's a weird time stream we're in. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. You're not making that up? No. Why is he doing that? Uh, because uh, apparently he had a meeting with Kanye West, uh, and he actually posted, I can pull up the uh, the, the tweet. Uh, oh, I, I believe it. I know I, I, I believe it. Um, I guess, uh, I guess they have no real opinion one way or another other than uh, I, I guess everybody should get out of jail for non-valid offenses oh I guess it just goes to speak of access political access and, uh, and obviously the corrupt nature of, of that and uh, if you believe the money somehow equals the access and the access equals possible Getting your friends out of jail. So there you go. You got a couple million bucks. Uh, give it to a president and get your friends out of jail. That sounds legit. Sure, whatever. Here's, here's the tweet. It says, Very disappointed in President Stefan Lafien for his uh, for being unable to act. Sweden has let our African-American community down in the United States. I watched the tapes of ASAP Rocky, and he was being followed and harassed by troublemakers. Uh, treat Americans fairly. Hashtag free Rocky. Your thoughts? Uh, are you sure that's not one of those uh, fake? No, it's right here. It's live on his uh, Twitter. All right. Well, I don't know. What do you What do you think about it? I, you're, you're the caller. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, the state of the Senate in uh, 2020? Right now, uh, it looks like Democrats are targeting uh, Colorado and uh, Texas. There are new developments in those places, and apparently, their uh, Republicans just recruited somebody in New Hampshire to run for Senate. Uh, what are your Thoughts on uh, that? Well, I, I think we've got to go back to the uh, original question of the state uh, of the Senate, and uh, that begs the question, just what state is the Senate in, literally? Obviously, senators come from every state in the Union, but where, in what state is the Senate? Um, it's in Washington, D.C., the, the District of Columbia, which is not a state at all. It's uh, overlapping two states. It's Virginia and Maryland, sort of, but it's not. Um, so, uh, to answer your question, 
Senate is in no state. Thank you. Uh, recently this week, uh, there was also, uh, uh, Miss Michigan, Kathy Zhu, uh, was, uh, uh, fired for, uh, Trump-supporting tweets, uh, which were deemed, uh, offensive by the Miss America pageant. Uh, she was previously a guest on our show. What are your thoughts on her being fired? question uh so uh tulsi gabbard uh is now uh the democratic congresswoman from hawaii who's running for president is now uh suing google for over 20 million dollars uh for what she says is uh trying to uh, uh sway search results uh to uh favor other candidates over her uh what are your thoughts on that About a year ago, you ran for uh, Attorney General of Kansas, and you said the reason you weren't going to run for governor was because you didn't want to take away the thunder from uh, 16-year-old Jack Bergeson, uh, who was actually a guest uh, on Politics Weekly. Uh, uh, would you uh, be, it, it, uh, when you are president, uh, do you plan to uh, give him a, uh, a position in your cabinet?
And so they saw this loophole and they realized there was no age requirement. So they declared their candidacy, probably about a half dozen of them. Uh, that came across my feet one day. And uh, I said, well, I, gee, I count me in there, by golly. Uh, but once again, I didn't want to, uh, you know, take away from uh, all the people running for governor. And I looked a little down ticket and saw that the attorney general slot was also uh, open. And so I declared my candidacy. I uh, raised uh, the money, uh, VermintSupreme2020.com, VermintSupreme.com, uh, our donation portals. Um, and I went to the state of Kansas. We found at the last minute I had to be there in person, so I had to raise a little bit more money. And uh, we flew down there, 1600 bucks to file. Uh, which my uh, contributors uh, generously donated and went down there and gave them the money uh, to be on the ballot for attorney general. Um, and a lot things happened, a lot of strange things happened because I orig was originally going down there to be the uh, uncontested Democratic candidate against uh, Derek Schmidt. Once the Democrats realized that I was actually going there with money in my pocket to become uh, that Democratic unopposed candidate, they immediately put up this other candidate, and uh, this woman was not their ideal candidate. Uh, in fact, a few weeks later, they discovered in her uh, law firm that there was a poster of Wonder with her law firm logo of Wonder Woman strangling a police officer with her lasso of justice. Um, so that was a minor scandal. So I, I essentially forced the Democrats to put up a less than ideal candidate in the primary uh, in response to my, the threat of me being a Democrat. Uh, as soon as I left, as soon as I filed, essentially, uh, the head of the Republican Party in Kansas uh, filed an objection. So that triggered a meeting of the objection board in Kansas, which uh, had three members, the uh, Secretary of State, uh, the Attorney General, and uh, oh, somebody else. And so the, uh, the Attorney General, uh, Derek Smith, had to recuse himself. Um, my attorney presented arguments, they presented arguments, they decided, they found um, against me uh, on basis of uh, residency requirements that were simply not there. Uh, and so we had to, once again, file a lawsuit in federal court um, in order to uh, try and get an injunction. Uh, our, my lawyer and their lawyer made uh, great arguments. The judge uh, enjoyed all the arguments, uh, but uh, unfortunately, we were not able to uh, prove all the points. Uh, we could prove that I had suffered uh, damages. That that was clear. Uh, but I was. We were not able to prove the point uh, that it was it's so agrarious that the court's conscience would be shocked. Now I'm surprised that uh, that their conscience was not shocked. Uh, that my free speech was not violated uh, uh, in this fashion. And ultimately, I did not. Uh, end up on the Kansas uh, state ballot for attorney general. However, uh, they had, did agree to uh, return my filing fee, uh, which was, uh, I thought, pretty pretty nifty, uh, although uh, they still have yet to get the, uh, the reissued check. Uh, if, you're, if you're watching Derek Schmidt, uh, please send us that uh, $1,600 check. We have a campaign to run here. Good times. Good times. Now... Now, uh, uh, would you potentially be willing to reveal who your running mate will be on the show? Well, I don't know anybody on the show other than you, so if I were to announce a vice presidential candidate on this show, I, I suppose it would be you, sir. Oh, okay. On, on this show, yes. So, congratulations on your promotion. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, 
together we will take back America from whoever has it whenever we take it back from them. Thank you. Yeah. Together we will ride our ponies into a zombie powered future. Thank you. Any other uh, topics you wanted to discuss today, sir? Uh, well, well, I just want to give a shout out to the Libertarian Party of less government equals more freedom. Um, they are the only party that uh, dovetails nicely with my core principles of uh, being against war, uh, against government, uh, against uh, the police state, against the surveillance state. Uh, for the absolute right of privacy and, and, uh, and property and uh, being secure in our belongings and, um, you know, all of these things. And um, with a little bit of luck, uh, yes, I am actively seeking the nomination for the Libertarian Party. Um, I believe, of course, that there are many solid arguments to be made. Um, I certainly have developed this, uh, this character, this universe of uh, iconography of a uh, fan base uh, and internet presence that uh, is intergalactic in nature, and uh, these are the things that I'm, I'm bringing to the table that I believe would uh, would serve us well as candidates. Uh, the fact of the matter is that uh, the gold standard for a uh, candidate in the Libertarian Party would be to uh, bring in five percent of the general election, um, and out of the current uh, field, it seems very likely that I may be the only uh, candidate to be able to possibly deliver that, uh, or so agrees the bubble uh, which I have surrounded myself with. Um, 5% of course would be 6.5 million voters based on the 130 million people who voted in the last presidential election. Um, I break down some, you know, quick figures, uh, 3.9 million uh, high school students uh, graduated in any given year, uh, give me two of those years, in the class of 19 and 20, add that to the 17 plus million college kids in uh, school in any given year. And that is a pool of 25 uh, million voters. And if I were able to convince one in four of those voters to vote for me, that would equal that 6.5 million, um, AKA the 5%, which would uh, guarantee the Libertarian Party uh, ballot access. Now that doesn't include the 40 million uh, voters who did not vote, who were able to vote, who did not vote. That does not count the million, I mean thousands hundreds of thousands of subcultures in America. I mean, these are things uh, from uh, roller derby girls to uh, kinksters to uh, cosplayers to comic consters to uh, cryptocurrency enthusiasts. Essentially, all of these thousands of subcultures across America, they are all united under the one banner of geek or nerd culture. And these are my natural constituents. And these are the people who uh, naturally gravitate to my campaign. And so I have hopes and a belief that I can uh, be a uniter of all these, uh, this myriad of, of subcultures, uh, from furries to square dancers, uh, you, you know, uh, just any particular group or fan, uh, you know, may I make an in, inroads into the juggalos. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of untapped voter potential, and, uh, and they're, they just now vote for this freaks because they are freaks. And I am one freaky deaky candidate. And, uh, you know, there, there are reservations and there are concerns that people express uh, who oppose uh, my uh, nomination to the Libertarian Party. Uh, there are those who disbelieve it's a very bad idea. Um, if I were not me, I, I, I might be amongst them. I might be arguing against such a thing. Uh, 
uh, but I am me, so I have no choice but to argue all the, all the favorable things about my possible candidacy. Uh, you know, uh, I think we can do it. Uh, you know, th in the framing, can a serious party, and the Libertarian Party is a very serious, uh, it's the third largest uh, political party in America, pretty much. And uh, they have serious ideals and, and, uh, and visions and uh, the platforms and uh, statements and purposes and the members that have been working to establish this party for years. Um, and I believe that, yes, uh, this party can nominate a perceived joke candidate without having it stick to them so hard. You know, I believe it's in the framing. You know, we are the Libertarian Party. You know, we are a serious party. We are a party of ideals, uh, visions, and, and action. However, the current political duopoly presidential election system has become so stacked and so rigged, it rises to level. <laughs> it rises to uh, the level of a joke. And uh, as such, with love and spite, here's Vermin Supreme, kick my ass out on stage, mic drop, and uh, like that. So I am not trying to troll uh, the Libertarian Party. Um, you know, maybe I was a little bit in uh, the last go-around, uh, uh, but this time it's it's serious. It's a legitimate offer that I'm putting on the table, and uh, my campaign staff uh, that has uh, gathered, gelled, uh, gravitated towards this campaign um, are all experienced political operatives with uh, political experience in uh, political campaigns. And uh, so this time it is indeed uh, my first actual real campaign with actual real considerations and calculations and uh, politics, if you will. And uh, so it's, in a sense, it was a parody, and now it's a, a parody that is becoming more and more reality-based. Uh, you know, if, I, if I'm waving this arm over here in, in a big circle, uh, this is Vermin Screen's imaginary pretend uh, campaign, in this circle in my, that I make with my left hand. Uh, oh, wait a minute, I, we're on video, we can do that. Uh, this is Vermin Screen's imaginary campaign. Uh, this is reality. and. They're overlapping. They're they're over. You know, they've always overlapped in the sense that yes, I've had to raise money a thousand bucks to be on the ballot, thousands of dollars to get stickers, and, and I campaign, and I, I meet the candidates, I meet the people, and all these things. Um, but now it's uh, so much more reality based, and uh, so that's it's a very interesting concept, and it's always been a campaign of uh, infinite potential, if you will, and I have personally brought. Uh, my campaign to the level that I can, just through sheer uh, force of wit and humor and will and, and uh, being uh, willing to present uh, uh, this ridiculous uh, look and, and platform and all of these things. Uh, but it's all been about simple, elegant, effective. It's a communication strategy uh, that I've developed that seems to resonate with people. And uh, I have constituents, I represent people, and I do it for the people, um, you know, sure. I get, I, get, I get things out of it uh, that's undeniable uh, and it's a joy to do and it's so much fun and uh, uh, making people laugh and, and have fun and question reality and question politics um, so there's that but this this year in particular this is, this is really when you get right down to it the closest possibility of obtaining ballot access uh, in all 50 states which will be the Libertarian Party nominee not holding my breath uh, but you know I'm obviously a top-tier candidate. Um, all the other, yeah, I would not have been able to do that in any of the other political parties. Um, in fact, they probably would chase me out by now. Uh, however, the Libertarian Party has been very welcoming, and uh, 
uh, they have allowed me to present my message and uh, present my uh, selling pitch, and uh, they have been receptive. Uh, so yes, I, I, I have undeniable support uh, in the Libertarian Party, and will, will that translate to enough delegates uh, at the National Convention in Austin, Texas in 2020? We shall see. But I have very uh, realistic hopes of uh, getting the 100 delegate tokens that I need to be on the uh, debate stage at the um, National Libertarian uh, Convention, where uh, the nominee will be decided. And, uh, and that will be a who, and I believe that I will be able to uh, make that go viral and uh, draw a lot of eyeballs. And, uh, you know, if things go my way, and if we can convince enough delegates that this is a, it's a different way, for sure, it's a different strategy, uh, it's a totally different uh, FU to uh, uh, to the election process at large. Um, but I've always, obviously, I've always been a protest vote. Uh, I've been used as a protest candidate, and uh, I'm not uh, averse to being a useful idiot, if you will, uh, for the LP. It's a, it's a natural extension of what I've been doing for 30 years, campaigning uh, this. Uh, farcical campaign, uh, pushing the agenda forward, promoting the ideas of, of free ponies and zombie preparedness and all of these things. And uh, apparently, uh, it has certainly worked and uh, on some level. And, uh, you know, I, I understand that many different people um, ascribe different levels of import to what I do. Some people think it's very important, and some, some people think it's very stupid. And, uh, and they're right. They're all right. Presenting um, these individuals, these people who, will, who may very well vote for me, who may very well uh, check out the Libertarian Party, because um, I've thrown my boot uh, wholeheartedly uh, in with that lot. Um, and, and like that. Uh, yes, callers, the caller there. Hello. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell people where you can be found on uh, social media? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, check out uh, Vermin Supreme for President on Facebook. It's uh, the, It's got the blue check um, on it. That's the official uh, Vermin Supreme uh, campaign uh, Facebook. Uh, and also on Instagram, the same. Uh, I am on Twitter, at Vermin Supreme, uh, obviously not. Uh, visit uh, my uh, donation, current donation portal, www, oh, I'm sorry, https colon slash slash vermintsupreme.com uh, check out the exciting uh, new website, campaign website uh, vermin https uh, colon slash slash vermintsupreme2020.com um, we've got all sorts of exciting new merchandise coming up uh, in addition uh, to the iPony uh, book uh, which is available on the uh, uh, campaign stores or uh, out on the internet uh, we got these amazing uh, faces. These are pins, little pins with my face on it, and uh, those are super cool. Uh, got the glitter, auto, the Vermin Supreme autograph glitter neckties uh, that are available as premiums to generous campaign contributions. Um, of course, it is a crowdsourced campaign. Uh, you should look up uh, Vermin Supreme Dank Meme Stash. If you're a Vermin Supreme Dank Meme Stash fan, there's a lot of great memes over there. 
check out Ohio for Vermin Supreme. Uh, it, uh, it's a, there are a lot of good memes coming out from there. That's on Facebook also. Um, if you ha- live in a state here in America, look up uh, the name for your your state uh, plus the number four uh, plus Vermin Supreme. Uh, your state for Vermin Supreme. Uh, we probably have a state group going on. Um, I am also a college speaking guy. Um, I love to uh, speak at the colleges and get a taste of that sweet, sweet college student debt. So if you're a college student out there and you want to bring me to your campus, uh, reach on out to uh, me, uh, booking.vermin at gmail.com, I believe. And uh, we'll have that. We'll have a port. We'll, you can go to the main pages and we'll, you can get there. Um, also, I'm this fall, I should be on tour. Uh, we are working on a Vermin Supreme based uh, karaoke rock opera. Uh, that should be really wacky and crazy. Um, and if you uh, know any libertarians, uh, send them my way. I'd like to make my pitch. I'm going to be needing delegates, uh, so potential party members and people who want to get active in the party and uh, perhaps be uh, delegates in the national convention. Um, you are welcome to reach out to us and uh, that is very cool what's going on behind my head i think we should have been doing that the entire uh, damn interview i think we're gonna i think that's gonna be my new thing that, that'll be really good um so yeah uh, and of course uh, google me up if you don't know what i do just uh, google just google search really uh, there's a lot of news articles from over the years uh there's the images check out the movies the documentary uh who is vermin supreme.com uh, it's a documentary that uh, covered my entire campaign up until the 2012-2013 era. And uh, it's available on Amazon Prime and YouTube and Xbox. and costs a few bucks, but it's a really good uh, primer on uh, my level of activism. Once again, we didn't even get to uh, uh, you know my, my crowd control work in, uh, in a public uh, riot world, uh, working in the First Amendment very tense protester uh, riot police situations Uh, that's a whole nother skill set arguably uh, what I do running for president you know that's sort of like pissing on fish in a barrel it's it's super easy to make fun of that stuff Uh, uh, I've just been very successful finding this little niche uh, for running for president and all that stuff Uh, but check out uh, some of my work on the streets um, and uh, using humor to diffuse uh, very tense situations between police and uh, protesters and trying to avoid police riots and providing sa- uh, safety information to the crowd, trying to avoid uh, crowd panic. Um, you know, it's just sort of a glorified combination of a camp counselor with a bullhorn and a rodeo clown, uh, if you will. Um, but that's just a whole other thing that I'd, uh, I'd certainly uh, love to bring up uh, on another, another time. All right. Uh, well, thank you again, Vermin Supreme, for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, once again, people, uh, send, uh, send money, uh, buy my merch. Uh, 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 Pony Up for Vermin Supreme is our 527 political organization registered with the FEC uh, for filing purposes. Uh, and the, the trick is, it's a little bit of a scam, if I say, uh, but the more money that supporters send me, uh, the more I can spend on legitimate campaign expenses. states 
It's going to be great. Uh, just imagine the, the phone banking that we'll be able to do. Hi, do you like ponies? No, this isn't a prank phone call. No, this is Urban Springs president. Uh, and I'm, ca I'm calling the phone company. Go ahead. Ah. Uh, but yes, a lot of wacky possibilities. And uh, I believe that we can make a difference in America through full-on absurdity and uh, freaking out the squares. Thank you. Either you're on the bus or off the bus. Tune in, turn off. Uh, drop on. I'm Vermin Supreme. I'm from the internet. Thank you. 50 episodes. Three hours of content. One huge event. It's the Politics Weekly 50th episode. Now available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Voters voted for Donald Trump. And it wasn't by acting like him or following his policy. He is the Democratic governor of a state Donald Trump carried by 21 points. He holds the highest approval rating of any sitting Democratic governor in the country. Who is Steve Bullock, the Montana Democrat hoping to win the White House? The candidates. Keep America great! Their story. Yeah, you're always, when you're young, you're always patted on the head and told that you're the future. But I'm interested in what you can bring to the present. And their fight for the White House. I have the most progressive record of anybody running. If you look at Joe's record and you look at my record, I don't think there's much question about who's more progressive. Presidential Profiles 2020. How we could actually make this government work, not just for a thin slice at the top, but make it work for everyone else. I think that, sure, if people want to specula speculate about running mates, I encourage that, because I think that Joe Biden would be a great running mate as vice president. Stephen Clark Bullock was born in Missoula, Montana on the 11th of April, 1966. Growing up in Helena, his parents divorced at a young age. After graduating from Columbia Law School, Bullock worked for Montana's then Secretary of State, Mike Pooney. He would later go on to be Montana's Deputy Attorney General under then State Attorney General Joe Mazurette. In 1999, he married Lisa Downs. The two have three children together. In 2000, Bullock raced for Attorney General of Montana, but lost the Democratic primary to Mike McGrath, who would go on to win the general election. Over. But as Attorney General, I refuse to give up without a fight. Every single state in the union abandoned its own corporate spending regulations after Citizens United, except for one, except for Montana. Attorney General Steve Bullock has personally fought to keep Montana's elections laws the way they are. Bullock continued to pursue a career in law until 2008 when he ran for Attorney General of Montana once again. He won the nomination and faced Republican Tom Fox. The race became competitive, but a strong Democratic current that year helped Bullock. He beat Fox by a 52 to 48 percent. During his four years as Montana's Attorney General, he successfully pushed for harsher legal penalties for drunk drivers. He also gained national name recognition for challenging the Citizens United case. The case won in the Montana Supreme Court, but in the U.S. Supreme Court, justices ruled against it in a narrow 5-4 ruling. 
Bullock also worked with the Montana State Legislature to craft environmental conservation protection programs which passed as were eventually signed into law by then-Montana Governor Brian Schweitzer. In 2012, Bullock announced he wouldn't seek re-election as Attorney General of Montana, instead choosing to run for governor. Bullock faced just two Democrats. State Senator Larry Gent who withdrew before the primaries, and community organizer Heather Margulis. Bullock won the primary with 87% of the vote, compared to Margulis 13%. In the general election, he faced former Republican Congressman Rick Hill. The race was one of the most competitive gubernatorial races of the year, with many considering Hill to be the favorite to win. However, weeks before the election, polls tightened up. Ultimately, Bullock beat Hill by a 49-47% margin. Bullock became Montana's 24th governor, after Senator Max Borkus was appointed to be U.S. Ambassador of China. Bullock appointed Lieutenant Governor John Walsh to be senator. Eventually, Bullock's former boss, Mike Cooney, would become his new Lieutenant Governor. In 2016, he was rated the most popular Democratic governor in the country by Morning Consultant. However, he faced a competitive match for re-election against Republican businessman Greg Gianford. That year, Bullock endorsed former U.S. Secretary of State, former New York Senator and former U.S. First Landry Hillary Clinton for president that year. However, he expressed disagreement with her views on coal. It happened in, in the state in partnership with No Kid Hungry. And folks from C Connecticut to California came to see what's happening right here on the ground. Ultimately, he beat Gianforth by a 50 to 46% margin. Bullock was the only Democrat to win statewide office in Montana that year. Bullock will be ineligible to run for a third term as governor of Montana in 2020, as state law prohibits it. Many Democrats hoped Bullock would run for U.S. Senate in 2020, challenging incumbent Republican Senator Steve Daines. However, he had greater ambitions. To be honest, I never thought I'd be running for president. Bullock announced his intention to run for the presidency in early 2019. Bullock gained momentum when he failed to end up in the first two rounds of debates. Despite meeting the Democratic National Committee's rules, Bullock has confirmed to be in at least one of the debates. Bullock is known to be a centrist Democrat, though many view him as a libertarian-leaning Democrat. Bullock has more liberal views on abortion, while holding more conservative views on guns and immigration. Now, he hopes to be America's 46th president. For more Presidential Profiles 2020, keep it right here on Politics Weekly. Alright everyone, welcome back to Politics Weekly. Uh, before we get into the episode, uh, we are back. Uh, we have an exclusive interview uh, with Kathy Zhu, if you remember. Uh, she's a conservative activist. She was a guest uh, on a previous uh, episode on our show. Uh, recently, uh, she made some headlines uh, because uh, she was revoked uh, of her uh, Mich Michigan title uh, because uh, of tweets that were uh, deemed offensive by the Miss 
USA pageant. Uh, Kathy, thank you. Kathy Zhu, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, so do you want to explain the full rundown of what happened? How, what led to uh, you uh, getting cut off or uh, being revoked of your title as Miss Michigan? Yeah, sure. So uh, this is my first pageant ever. I never participated in any other pageants. Um, so I thought that was a really fun idea. And so I participated and I put in my application about four or five months ago. And I, I was crying on Sunday and then I was announced on Wednesday, and then my title was stripped from me on Thursday. And uh, this all happened because apparently I had Islamic, pho Islamophobic or racist tweets. Um, the, the state direction never told me specifically what tweets they were. They just said that they were racist and Islamophobic. Okay. Um, now, uh, do you uh, see why, uh, looking at some of the tweets that, that, that were referenced, do you see why some people found some of the tweets you put up offensive, or do you uh, not see that? I can understand why they would find it offensive, because I know that facts and statistics aren't easy to you know, digest when it's very sensitive towards others. But um, one of the tweets was about black on black crime. And uh, it was basically saying how uh, you know the majority of black people that, who die are killed by other black people. And um, people find that racist, but even though this could be found on the FBI's website. Um, the other tweet was about um, a hijab. Um, I was walking to class one day in, in my college in Florida before I transferred to Michigan, and um, I came across this booth called Trying a Hijab Booth, and apparently it was Trying a Hijab Day, which I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, I went over there, and I saw, the, I saw the poster, and I took a picture of it, and one of the girls came up to me and said, hey, do you want to try this hijab on, and try to place it over my head, and I said, no, it's okay, I gotta go to class, I'm already late, and then I posted it, I posted about it later on Twitter, saying that, um, is this a religious garment, or is this a fashion statement, because, you know, people are freely being able to wear this, this Muslim garment, and so I guess that was Islamophobic, but I don't see any problem with that. Um, okay, uh, now, uh, I'm looking at some of the tweets. One of the tweets you uh, there was an exchange between you and another Twitter user named Bam Bam and Pebbles who said, "quote It kills them black guys to see Asian males accepted by white men as their son-in-laws." To which you responded, "quote Because they actually have brains and know how to act respectful and have a brain." Um, uh, do you uh, regret saying that? No, I don't, because this isn't about black people. This is about how people should be respectful and know how to act proper, properly to parents when they meet their parents first. This this person directly was saying that, um, if you've read the context to it, uh, this person was bashing how I had a white boyfriend. And uh, they were saying how, oh, only you know white supremacists and Asians get together and like stuff like that. So it was very it was very rude in the first place. And, um, and they were like, oh, well, your parents could never accept a black person. Which completely, that's not true. I just said my parents accept anyone who is, you know, has brain and is respectful to them. So that person was being rude in the first place, and that's why I was like, you don't have a brain if you're if you're rude. So that's that was the context, not referring specifically to black people. Um, now there's another tweet uh, that said, uh, let me see if I can pull up the full thing. Uh, the tweet said, quote, Hitler was a, uh, here, hold on, it said, Hitler was a, was very smart and a good public, uh, speaker. What did you mean by that? Yeah, that was actually in, in uh, response to another tweet, too. You have to look at the context. Um, someone referred to 
Taylor as being like dumb and low IQ and stuff like that. And I said, you know, it takes a very well-spoken, smart man to manipulate a bunch of people to hate on a certain group of people. And that's what I meant by it. There was no, I mean, it's, it's a fact that he was well-spoken. It was a fact that he was, he was, he was a big manipulator. He was a fact that he was a very smart person. And to, to say that, you know, he was dumb, I'm not saying I'm praising Hitler. I'm just saying, you know, we shouldn't be able to, like, conclude that he's a dumb person only because we don't like what he did. And I, of course, I don't like what he did. Um, now, um, did you, uh, or did the Miss America pageant uh, know about your Twitter uh, and your political views prior uh, to you uh, being named Miss, Miss Michigan? Yes, I gave them all of my social media handles beforehand. Um, okay. Uh, let me see. Just give me one second. Um, uh, let's see. Um, now, uh, okay, hold on. Give me one second. Um, now in, uh, uh, did you uh, foresee ahead of time, um, before you were hired as Miss Michigan, um, did you foresee the possibility that this could happen? Um, I know there's a strong bias against conservative uh, voices nowadays, and I, I thought this would, would, would somewhat happen, maybe. They just told me that I wasn't allowed to post about it anymore or something like that, but I never thought it would happen to this extent. So I, I guess I guess no, but but to an extent yes too because I've seen I've heard a lot of stories about people um, you know getting fired or getting kicked out of something because they're Trump supporters. Um, now I know one of the things that uh, a lot of these companies uh, like uh, Miss America worry about uh, is brands and that the people that work for them if they say something inappropriate that could hurt their brand or their IQ. Uh, do you think that some of the logic behind this, uh, may have been that, uh, do you, do you think, th uh, that the Miss America pageant may be part of the reason could, uh, that they, uh, relinquished you from that contract might have been because they were worried that some of these tweets could have hurt their, uh, brand? Yeah, I'm sure they want to keep a positive image uh, in their pageant, but at the same time, it's, you know, their whole shtick is to empower women's voices, no matter if it's conservative or liberal. And I've only had conservative views uh, on my Twitter account, and I've given them my Twitter account. So it's their fault they didn't invite me in the first place. And second of all, even if I did have uh, some controversial tweets, they should have asked me about my tweets and where, my, where I lean before they judged my character and then stripped me of my title. Do you plan to participate in any other pageants down the line? I probably won't, only because this pageant was sort of a bucket list checkoff. Um, I'm, you know, I'm definitely not going to participate anymore. Um, not because of this situation, but because of, you know, I just wanted to experience it once, and I've had a lot of this experience. Um, now, uh, do you plan to participate in other? Uh, conservative activist groups, um, such like, like, are there? What What do you plan to do after this? Yes. Yeah, so um, right now, I'm currently vice chair of College Republicans. Um, I'm also part of Young Americans for Freedom. Um, I actively, you know, help with Turning Point USA at my college campus. Um, 
so I mean I still plan on doing political commentary no matter where life goes or takes me I that's my passion I love doing it and I just like spreading awareness of uh, the conservative community um now um let's see um uh now um do you believe uh uh do you believe the specific tweet um or the specific tweet where you talked about uh you being asked on a college campus uh if you wanted to wear uh a hijab um do you believe uh it was uh dis- do you believe it was religious discrimination that uh, the Miss Mich- the Miss America pageant would look at that uh, and say that uh, and say that that was inappropriate. No, not at all. That, there was no religious uh, thing in there. I, I, you know, I said that. Why are you using this as a fashion statement instead of a religious garment? I think that religious garments garments should be sacred and should be only you know worn by those who are Muslim. And I wasn't a Muslim. They were just letting everyone try hijab on. And um, in part of my tweet, I said, you know, why are you, why are you letting people try this on when people in Muslim majority countries are being oppressed? And I mean, two years ago, Saudi Arabia, women were women were only allowed to drive legally. So, you know, we should focus more on those issues rather than um, Western uh, Muslims who don't face discrimination, uh, like you know, by law, um, to their religion. Have you been in uh, contact with uh, the Miss America pageant uh, since this incident? No, not at all. They never contacted me back. Um, uh, let's see. Um, do you believe... Uh, what advice would you give uh, to someone with similar political views to you who uh, may have been fired or may not have... Uh, gotten a, or may or may not have been hired based on their political views. If it's purely because of political views and they got fired for it, um, you know, I feel like just find a, find another job. You know, that job uh, specifically doesn't isn't okay with with your views and conservative leanings. Um, I think that conservative voices should be heard and that they should continue to speak out, and that we are, you know, we we are a large group of the population, and that if we advocate for for companies that um do um allow you know conservative voices which they should um then we should go to them and you know it's it's the other company's fault that they don't want to accept that what if someone says okay but this job is really my passion um and i've been i've been turned you know i've always wanted this job i've always worked for this job but i've been turned down for this job because of my political views what would you say to somebody that gives that response I mean, they could obviously negotiate with the people who fired them and ask and ask them what the reason was. Um, you know, the the worst part about this all is that in the uh, the you know the I don't know I forgot what it's called, but basically when you have a job, you can't discriminate uh, or the, the employer cannot discriminate against race, religion, et cetera. And uh, part of that doesn't involve uh, political affiliation. So that we gotta create change and make. Uh, political affiliation, one of the, the terms that cannot be discriminated against. Do you believe there should be a federal law uh, that prevents uh, workplace discrimination against uh, people based on their political views? Yeah, exactly. I agree. 
Um, are there any other solutions you think uh, that could prevent something like this from happening again to somebody else? Yeah, so in the media, I think that conservatives are viewed as very taboo and um, are very small minority, and I don't think that's true. Um, I think that conservatives should speak out more and not be closet conservatives, um, just so it creates awareness to the public that, hey, we do exist, conservatives do exist, and we are part of uh, America, so we shouldn't be discriminated against. Um, what do you believe uh, are solutions uh, to get conservatives to be more vocal uh, in media uh, and uh, other outlets? I think that people should be aware of who um, or what they stand for by doing research and such, not just by following a bandwagon. Um, I think that, you know, continue to speak out, continue to voice your opinions, uh, continue to, to fight for what you believe in, and that's basically all we can do for now. Um, now, um, do you um, how do you think uh, when, when Miss Michigan, when the, the woman working for Miss Michigan uh, said uh, that you know you had been stripped of your pageant, um, how do you believe do you believe she handled I mean obviously outside of the fact that you disagree with her firing you, did you uh, agree or disagree with her handling uh, of her firing you? Um, she texted me, you see the screenshots of the text I posted on Twitter. Um, she basically did not even, she, she didn't address the issue. She just beat around the bush and told me there was an issue, even though there, she didn't describe what the issue was. Um, so, no, I don't think she handled it really well. I think that she needs to work on her professionalism and, and know how to communicate with others um, in a concise manner. If you were in that situation um, and your employer told you that you had to fire someone because of their views, um, uh, how would you handle that? First of all, I would advocate for the person that they're wanting to fire. I would say, why Why are they getting fired for their opinions? And um, and then I would actually speak to the person who they're trying to fire and say, hey, what did you mean by these tweets? Um, what was the context? Were you, did, was there any, like, you know, malintent? And if no, then we would, you know, both be on the person's side and then address it to the, um, the boss. All right. Well, I think that's about it. Thank you again for joining me, uh, Kathy Zhu. Uh, do you want to tell people where you can be found on social media and other platforms? Yeah, sure. So my Twitter is Political Kathy, and my Instagram is Political Kathy. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Right.